Welcome to the Lake Show Life Podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Jason Reed. Welcome back to another episode of the Lake Show Life Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jason Reed, the acting side expert over at lakeshowlife.com. Go check us out for all your Lakers news, rumors, speculation, analysis, anything you can get. Today is Thursday, excuse me, Friday, May 28th, 2021, and the Lakers are up 2-1 over the Phoenix Suns in the first round of the NBA playoffs. The Lakers, perhaps the most overqualified seventh seed in NBA history. Um, We all know that to be true, Uh, you know, getting injuries. And the play-in um, would have been the most overqualified eighth seed and probably would have uh, handled the Utah Jazz the same way they're handling, handling the Phoenix Suns. Um, they look good. Game three takeaways, um, they look good. Uh, you know, Phoenix kind of creeped back in, you know, there at the end. You know, someone who selfishly had a plus six and a half over on win bet, uh, that is the new betting, you know, uh, partnership with Fanside that we got going on. Who someone had Phoenix Suns plus six and a half in a parlay. I was selfishly kind of hoping that they'd get the backdoor cover. Look, Laker fans, I know it's a sin to bet against the Lakers, but I thought the Lakers would win this in close fashion, just like game two. It wasn't close. Uh, Phoenix made it close at the end, but this game was the Lakers through and through. Um, You know, had that kind of sluggish second quarter, only combined 28 points, had a three-point lead at halftime, and then, you know, just came out and balled in the third quarter, took a big lead, took, I think it got up to, what, 16, 15 points at one point, and just... Looked great. And again, Phoenix clawed back in at the end, but it really didn't matter. They still lost by 14. And the Lakers, they look good. And this game was exactly the kind of game you expect the Lakers to win. So game two was a little weird. It it was closer than the final score indicates. And then LeBron kind of took over at the end. LeBron and AD, they did what they do. It's LeBron James, Anthony Davis. This game was the kind of game I expect to see the Lakers win in this series. I mean, you look at the shooting numbers. Very similar. Lakers attempted four more shots, uh, 86 to 82. Attempted, you know, they shot at 1.5% better, so it wasn't really that big of a difference. Three-point didn't shoot great, only 25% from beyond the arc. Uh, but most importantly, they dominated the free throw advantage. They had 26 of 30 compared to 14 of 18. That's a 12-point differential. And then, you know, they also dominated the paint, which, again, is what we expected leading into this game, or leading into this series. Uh, 58 points in the paint. Now, DeAndre Ayton's done a lot better than I expected him to do. Um, I thought the, the lights were going to be too bright for him. I thought he was inexperienced. And while he's a talented young player, I do think there's some holes in his game. He's been great. You know, all credit to him. I mean, 22 points, 11 boards, 11 and 15 shooting. But you can't. it's hard to stop Anthony Davis. It's hard to stop LeBron James. And the Lakers have done the right – they've made the right adjustments. So, you know, Drummond did play 20 minutes in this game still. But the problem that we saw in the Warriors game the first half and in game one of this series is Andre Drummond just clogs the lane. Um you know, he's he's good to have against other bigs. And this is kind of my – I don't want to say issue with Andre Drummond because I don't have an issue with the Lakers signing him as a buyout guy. He's just another body. But this is my why I didn't get too excited about Andre Drummond compared to other Laker fans. And there's the whole thing. Yeah, he's a multi-time all-star, but he's always been on terrible teams. And he's always been the best player on terrible teams. And he just kind of, you know, stuffs the box score. And does that really mean anything? But, you know, he – what his style is doesn't necessarily equate to winning basketball just in a vacuum, um, especially with the players that the Lakers have with LeBron, you know, who penetrates and Anthony Davis, who plays better at the five, but doesn't want to play the five. And, you know, you want to space the floor shooting and all that. Andre Drummond doesn't fit that narrative. Um, but against a team like the Denver Nuggets, uh, you know, Nikola Jokic, and you need someone to kind of rough him up down low, bang him, you know, get in his head, you know, get fouls, kind of like Dwight did last year. He's great. A team like the 
Philadelphia 76ers, someone who needs to go toe-to-toe with Embiid. I don't want to say toe-to-toe. You know, Embiid kind of has good, you know, history against Drummond. But at least provide another, more length against Embiid so you're not running freaking Montrez Harrell out there, you know, against uh, Embiid big minutes. That's important. That's where his importance comes. Um, so that's, you know, that was kind of – Vogel saw what was wrong. He saw the – you know, the how he's clogging the lane and whatnot. And they've adjusted. They started giving Mark Gasol minutes, which is huge. And Gasol, who was terrible to start the year and then got better as the year ended, has kind of – he's seen his, you know, role with the Lakers kind of – at least his how he's viewed by Laker fans flip completely 180. Uh, he got 17 minutes. He made his only shot. It was a three. Um, three boards, two assists, two steals. He did have two turnovers, three fouls, but minus 11 plus minus. Um, and it, it's it's just – from a scheme standpoint, it just makes more sense to have Gasol out there in certain moments. Uh, he can help facilitate. Again, he spaces the floor. He leaves the lane open, and it lets LeBron and company penetrate. Now, LeBron's not penetrating as much as he typically would. Um, he's shooting you know, a lot of threes, one from five from deep in this game, 9-19 uh, overall. Um, but you know, in the long scheme of things, that's going to be good against you know smaller teams, teams that don't have Nikola Jokic or Joel Embiid pretty much. And it's interesting how Harrell's not playing. Um, you know, I did an article before the series started expecting players that would get axed from the playoff rotation. I had Gasol. I was wrong about Gasol. Um, Morris, he's been axed, uh, even though I think he might – he probably should be getting a little bit of minutes, but that's n- neither here nor there. Um, and Trez, I mean, THT was another one I predicted, which wasn't very popular. Laker fans were not happy, but at the end of the day, he's young, and you kind of need experience. Um, but Trez, you know, his his time with the Lakers has been interesting because he's – Really fun to watch. He's that old school style of basketball, but that old school style of basketball isn't great in the NBA playoffs. And I think that's kind of what the whole, I don't want to say problem, but the whole thing looming over his head has been, you know, when he came over from the the Clippers and he got, you know, abused by Jokic in last year's playoffs and all the Lakers fans, you know, saying, oh, it's not an issue. And, you know, me, myself, I said he, I'm on the record of saying, you know, the Lakers, he would be better defensively in Vogel's system with the players around him. And he was in the regular season. He was a better defender last year than he was the year before. But it is still kind of a style mismatch, especially, you know, Aiton, he does have size. He's, you know, the Suns are kind of like one of those teams, even though the Lakers have the overall size advantage. You know, that's what happens with when you have talented big forwards. Um, you know, they still have a, a traditional center. And Harold just, you can't really put him out there against that. And it, it'll be interesting to see how much he plays the rest of the year because the rest of the playoffs, I should say, is he's got a player option. I don't expect him to, you know, opt into it. Do I expect him to return? Not really. Um, I think, you know, they had expectations with him. And while he did things in the box score and while some old school basketball fans, you know, Ron Agers, writer on Lakeshore Life, I know he loves Trez. Um, you know, I, I yeah, it's it's good, but it's it's good to watch in the regular season. It's just things are different in the playoffs. We see it all the time. Playoff basketball is much different than regular season basketball. And I, I don't know how much Trez is going to play. I don't know if it's going to be a JaVale McGee situation where we don't really see him anymore. I don't know if it's going to be, a, you know, maybe he comes – in a more favorable second round matchup, I, I don't know. So the Lakers get what the three six winner because the first seed gets the four or five. So Lakers will be taking on either Denver or Portland. I could see Morris, uh, not Morris, excuse me, uh, Montrez. I could see him playing against Portland. I don't know if he plays much against Denver because that Jokic's matchup is looming large, and Denver's going to win that series. Um, I was, you know, they're up two one right now. I was extremely confused on why they were dogs in the series. You know, yeah, Jamal Murray's hurt, but they were arguably playing better basketball after Murray got hurt. And Jokic has just been incredible. I'm never going to – this is another thing I may or may not have actual money on. Uh, gamble responsibly. Um, I'm never going to bet against the MVP in the first round, especially as a dog. If you give me – it's just one of those things where everyone should have looked at that afterwards and been like, why did I hop on that? Um, 
you get the league MVP in the first round as a dog in a playoff series. Like that's just so it's free money. Um, they're up two one. Hopefully I'm right about that, but that's how I feel about it. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how, what Trez does moving forward. Um, and the Lakers, you know, as a whole, look, I hate to be this guy and I'm going to write an article about this as soon as I hop out off of this podcast and this podcast will be embedded in it. And you know, you could check it out there if you don't, for those that don't listen to the podcast, they could read it and then they could listen to this. Hello, if you're coming from the, the article, thank you very much. Um, sorry, excuse me. Um, this series is done. It's over. It's a wrap. And I know it's easy to say that as someone who covers the Lakers, but it, it's done. Um, the Suns are not coming back in the series. And quite frankly, I don't think the Suns will win another game. Maybe it goes six. And I, I said that before the series. Um, I wrote that, I should say, that maybe it's one of those six-game series, which – one team is always in control. It's the classic two, you know, two one, and then it goes to three one, and then a three two, and then you know the Lakers win. Now this is a little different because they went down 0-1. but I, I, I just I maybe see it going six. I doubt it. I think the Lakers are going to take care of business in the next uh, two games. Um, the series price over at Win Bet for Lakers in five is I believe plus one fifteen to Lakers win four one, plus one fifty for them to win four two, and plus five hundred to win four three. Um, I would bet 4-1 if I was going to pick one of those. Um, you're still getting plus odds on any of those, of course. And I just I, I don't see how the Suns can win the series for multiple reasons. Number one, Chris Paul. I mean, it's the elephant in the room. Yeah, the Lakers are a little bit lucky that Chris Paul got hurt. Would this be a different series? Maybe. I still think the Lakers match up excellently against the Phoenix Suns. But, you know, they obviously are helped by the fact that Chris Paul has hurt his shoulder. He's on a minute's restriction. He only played 27 minutes, and he can't really shoot right now. I mean, he only attempted eight shots, none from beyond the arc. He's not a huge three-point shooter as is, but he only attempted th eight shots, made three of them. He had five boards, six assists, but he's just very obviously not the same Chris Paul, and he doesn't have that same impact that he had, you know, in the regular season. And look, he's the reason they're in the playoffs. Breaking news. This important PSA is brought to you by Manscaped.com. This is your pubic service announcement and the news you've all been waiting for. The Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, which is now available for purchase in the USA and Canada. This new trimmer was just released only moments ago, and we are one of the first to get our hands on it and share the news. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you, the Lake Show Life listeners. 20% off and free worldwide, that's right, worldwide, Shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. Look, they sent us some products. You know, I'm one of the first people to try the new 4.0, and I'm blown away. You know, I, the products were already great. You know, I had the 3.0 already in my in my um, bathroom. Got the 4.0. It's it's even better. You know, I didn't think they could get better, but they did get better. I, I don't know how they did it. Um, it's kind of like the Lakers. You think you don't know how they can get better, and they just keep getting better. Um, their advanced ceramic blade and skin safe technology is so good that it almost seems as if your manscape worked with Elon Musk's engineers to ensure your testes are as safe as possible. I can confirm that. Um, maybe Elon Musk is attached to this. I don't know. That is not confirmed. Um, you know, and it, it's just great. I mean, this trimmer, um, you know, what makes it different than all the other trimmers, you know, it's got the, the, the multifunction on off switch, you know, it has a travel lock. You know, I just actually traveled recently, um, you know, turn the lock on put it in my suitcase we're good to go i didn't have to worry about it buzzing and you know tsa kind of you know what the heck is that um you know it also gives you the ability to turn on the 400 excuse me 4000k led spotlight on and off um perfect you know in the shower whatnot you need a more precise shave you need to really look in there boom turn the light on you're good to go um and it even it's customizable which is great um you know you have guard length sizes one to four so you know guys get fades on the side of their head and whatnot 
you could do the same down there if you want to. I don't personally, but I'm not going to judge if anyone does. Um, and it just looks great. It's sleek, two-tone matte and gloss finish. Um, has a hot foil stamp back chrome Manscaped logo. Um, it, it's just great. You know, it's something I show it off loud and proud. I show I showed my dad. He was a little jealous, but it's mine. I'm not going to give it to my dad. What are we talking about? He can go buy one with code FANSIDE at 20. Um, it's waterproof, used in the shower. Wireless charging, you know, new wireless charging system helps the battery last longer. It's more convenient, you know, in the bathroom, storing it, whatnot. Um, you know, and, you know, don't trim down there with a face trimmer. You know, it, it's time to make some changes or don't use the same trimmer for both of them. That's even worse. Um, get 20% off and free shipping again worldwide, prestige worldwide. Shout out Step Brothers um, with the code FANSIDED20 over at manscaped.com. That's right. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with manscaped would phoenix have been a playoff team without him maybe in the east definitely i think they still would have taken that next step um in the west i don't know i don't think so i mean look they're losing the seventh seed again overqualified seventh seed but you know paul more so than the box score and the things he's doing on the court is just the culture he helps instill and the leadership and all of that. So I don't know if they make the playoffs without him. Now, they already have the benefit of the culture and everything else, you know, with Chris Paul actually playing, you know, during the season. Now he's not playing now, so that helps them. But I, this this is a Suns team that won, what, like 26 games last year? Um, I might be – I'm speaking out of pocket there. I actually don't know how many games they won. They won 34. They were 34 and 39, so slightly under 500 without Chris Paul. And it's a lot of the same roster. I mean, Jay Crowder, he's also new, but LeBron abused Jay Crowder. He was laughing at him during the game. So how much of that is, how much of that, how much is that really an improvement in this series? Um, but I, I just don't see it. So Chris Paul's hurt. Devin Booker, after an exceptional game one, just is in his head. I don't know, trying to do too much. He knows CP3's hurt and he knows he has to take over this series and it's just not been pretty. I mean, he fouled out last night and he had four turnovers and he shot six of 19 one of four from deep and you know are we going to get another ugly Devin Booker game like this probably not this ugly but he is a guy with zero playoff experience coming up against the best player and the most experienced player in NBA history and Anthony Davis um so that's not great you don't you can't feel great about that if you're a Suns fan again Aiton's been phenomenal but the Chris Paul Devin Booker this team goes as they go and one of them's hurt and one of them is kind of seeing the bright lights a little bit you know and it's hurting them and then, you know, the third reason is just the Lakers haven't even played their best game yet. I mean, you look at the series. I mean, they're not shooting great from three. Um, again, this isn't a great three-point shooting team, but it's a better than 25%. Um, they shoot 32% in this game. They make three more threes. You know, they outscore the uh, the Suns by over 20 points. And that wouldn't be unrealistic. And now they're going to have the games where they are go crazy from deep, too. That's also happened. We saw it last year. There was games where they could not miss. You had... Guys like Markeith Morris who couldn't miss, and LeBron was shooting well, and Anthony Davis was shooting well, and they haven't had that yet. I mean, they had one player make more than one three, and that was Kyle – or two, excuse me. They had Wes Matthews, two of four, and Kyle Kuzma, two of eight. So, ugh, Kuzma. Um, they haven't had that great shooting night yet, and they will. They absolutely will. I mean, KCP is not – he's been kind of in his own head a little bit, kind of like Danny Green last year. I'm optimistic he'll turn it around, and if they have a good shooting night, this, the Suns are done. If this is the exact same matchup – you get the exact same game in the next two games. You know, the Lakers get points in the paint at will. They get uh, the Suns in foul trouble because of the way they penetrate and the way they're working near the rim. Get free points at the line on top of making a few extra threes. 
Like, how is Phoenix going to – Phoenix is not going to score 115 points against the Lakers. They're just not. The Lakers – I know that some like to dissect the Lakers' defense and their perimeter defense and whatnot, but this is still one of the best, if not the best, defensive teams in the league. And you have guys like Caruso, KCP. Not a big defensive fan of Schroeder, but he's okay. Um, you know, Anthony Davis. They, they have just insane defensive weapons. And the Suns just aren't – I mean, look how much they've scored. They scored 95 in this game. They scored, what, 102 in game two and then 99 – in game one, and game one was a complete anomaly. I wrote an article about why it wasn't time to panic after game one. There was a quality shots. Uh, it's like qualityshottracker.com, I believe is what it is. I, again, speaking out of pocket, I don't know the exact website. But they broke it down about how many points the Lakers should have scored based on how the, the quality of shots they were taking. Because the Lakers were getting good shots. They were you know getting where they wanted to go, and they just weren't falling. And it was one of those nights where they just weren't shooting well because they haven't played their best night yet. Um and that's just, you know, and I wrote, I was like, it was an anomaly. This isn't going to happen again. Maybe it happens in one or two games, but this isn't something that's going to be a constant. Um, let's see. So shot quality. Shot quality. So it was 99-90 final score. Uh, based on the quality of shots taken by both teams, the Lakers were expected to win by 10. That is a 19-point differential from the final score. Overall, the Lakers had an 83% chance of winning based on historic shot quality data. Um Shot quality PPP rank, I'm not too sure what PPP stands for, but the Lakers were in the 61st percentile while the Suns were in the 14th percentile. Um, yeah, it was just one of those random games. Um, so, you know, I was not worried, and they still haven't played their best basketball, and they're up 2-1 in the series, and they have a, a solid game, too, that was close on the road where LeBron took over at the end, and that carried it over game, into game three where they were just the better basketball team. So I think this series ends in five, quite frankly. I mean, shoot, look at LeBron. LeBron hasn't even had that great of a game. I mean, yeah, he's. I think he's still nursing that ankle injury, and he won't say anything about it until, you know, unless the Lakers lose a series, then it'll all of a sudden be, you know, my ankle's been bothering me this whole time because that's kind of how LeBron rolls with these things. But he hasn't even been himself. And AD, this is a great matchup for him, 34-11 and 11 again last night. He had a similar stat line the night before. You know, I expected that out of him, but... LeBron hasn't been LeBron, and we kind of saw this last year in the bubble, you know, in the playoffs. He didn't put up big box score numbers until he really had to, which was the NBA Finals. You know, Anthony Davis was insane in the playoffs last year, was setting historic numbers. I think it was something like the sixth best uh, win shares per 48 minutes of all time in the playoffs. Um, and But Lebr when LeBron needs to take over games, as we saw against Golden State, as we've seen in this series thus far, he will, and he doesn't need to put up these big numbers. That being said... There will be games where he does put up the big numbers, and then the Suns are even more in trouble. Um, so I, I just this series is over. I think it's on to the next. Obviously, the Lakers shouldn't overlook the Suns. Me personally, I don't have to play this game. I'm kind of overlooking the Suns. I'm looking over to the next series. I'm looking at that four, uh, three, six matchup: Portland, Denver. I think it's going to be Denver. It's going to be tough with Jokic, but again, they don't have the guys. They don't have the depth that the Lakers have. And then you look at it: the Lakers win that series. Who knows who they play in the Western Conference Finals? Probably Utah, who I'm on the record of writing an article five months ago, four months ago, about how Utah is not a threat at all to the Lakers. Um, and we've seen that in the Grizzlies series. They lost game one, and then game two, they allowed the Grizzlies to ink back. Look, I, I maybe don't give enough credit to Utah, but they're the classic, you know, win a lot of games in the regular season, doesn't translate to playoff basketball. Now, they might luck out because they might did they get the Grizzlies, who were the, you know, ninth seed. They get, you know, the Dallas Mavericks who were beating the Clippers. I'll touch on that in a second. 
and then they get the Lakers, and it could be like the Hawks did, you know, five, six years ago, 2014, 2015 Hawks, where they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals, and they got swept by LeBron. <laughs> and I think that very well is what could happen here, is if LeBron's fully healthy by then, and Anthony Davis is fully healthy by then, and they're firing all cylinders, Utah could be the best team in basketball in the regular season, make it to the Western Conference Finals, and get swept. Like, that's just how basketball works sometimes. Um, but that's kind of the matchup. And Lakers, you know, the guys who are going to be the biggest challenge is the Clippers because at the end of the day, star power wins championships. But as we've seen with the Clippers, they can't even beat the Dallas Mavericks. They're down 2-0. Now, I don't think they're out of this series. I know a lot of people are like, oh, the Clippers are dead. I, I don't think they're out. Um, now, if da they have to win the next two. If Dallas goes up 3-1, I don't see the Clippers coming back from 3-1. Um, but... It's just crazy to see. I mean, it, it it's funny to see, and it's quite frankly, it's it's hilarious, and you know, it's fun to smack talk Clippers fans and whatnot who talk about regular season wins, and they've become more um, kind of self aware because before, you know, it's always they would celebrate a Christmas win, and then Laker fans would be like, "Dude, it's the regular season," because it is. But let's not pretend like Laker fans don't also celebrate regular season. You know, as someone who covers the Lakers, you know, Dodger fan, everything. I laugh at fans sometimes. Yeah, and I'm guilty of it too. It's like against the Padres, for example, for the Dodgers. Dodger fans try to pretend like they don't care, but then when they win, they they smack talk. And when they lose, it's just the regular season. But it, it is funny to make fun of them for that. And then they became self-aware, kind of joking about themselves. Oh, let's hang the regular season ban uh, banner. But look, man, I mean, regular season results don't matter. We see it every single year. And the Clippers, you know, they tank their way out of facing the Lakers. Be they're they're just scared of the Lakers, quite frankly. You can't say it any other way. Some Clipper fans, oh, it might have been smarter. No, they didn't want to play the Lakers. That's what it is. And they tank their way. They lose to the two worst teams in the league purposely to get this Dallas matchup, purposely to get this matchup against Utah that they think is a, a good matchup so they could avoid the Lakers to the Western Conference Finals. And again, they might not even make it there. They might not even make it to the dance. And I think, you know, Laker fans, you know, if you want to celebrate another team's misery a little bit, especially because Clipper fans have kind of, you know, punching up to us a little bit and kind of thinking that they're taking over the town or at least basketball wise, you know, talent wise, it's, it's this core might be done and the Clippers might be back to their, their mediocre, not just mediocre, terrible ways because you figure if they lose in the first round of Dallas, now this is something I kind of hoped would happen with the Lakers facing the Clippers in the first round, but it's not what happened. It would be Dallas either way. You know, if they lose in the first round, they get swept, they lose 4-1, they lose 4-2, whatever it is. Why would Kawhi Leonard stay? The Clippers have no play. They have no future draft picks to trade. They have, like, no cap space because they decided to pay Marcus Morris and Luke Kennard a combined $128 million, um, something I criticized on the, this podcast way back when it happened. Um, you know, Luke Kennard, by the way, has a total of zero playoff minutes this year and they're paying him $16 million a year. Marcus Morris has been terrible. So they're paying those guys a combined $32 million a year, pretty much a max player. One of them's not even playing in the playoffs. And there's just no route. There, there's no route. The only route is trading Paul George. What's the, What are they going to get for Paul George that's going to make them a better basketball team? If anything, it'll be one of these lateral moves that end, that we see with you know the, the, the Russell Westbrook for Chris Paul trade, where they traded Chris Paul for Russell Westbrook. Um, the Westbrook for John Wall trade. It'll be one of these lateral moves where, yeah, Paul George is very talented, but he never shows up in the playoffs. And as much as Clipper fans hate that you know saying, it is true. It happens time and time again. It's not, oh, let's destroy narrative. No, the narrative is absolutely right. And if you look at his numbers overall, yeah, they're okay. But for a star player, he's just not showing up. So wh wh who do they trade Paul George for? Who, who would even be 
in the Brandon Ingram maybe in that th- this is all speculation. This isn't you know any inside knowledge. Um, maybe Brandon Ingram because you kind of have an identity crisis between Ingram and Zion Williamson. Where is it Ingram's team and Zion's team, and then instead you get Zion with a, a good second star, Paul George, who could be the perimeter defender with Lonzo Ball. I don't hate that idea. Is Brandon Ingram and Kawhi Leonard a, a title contending team? No. Um, I I don't know. I, there's not uh, maybe a sign and trade. Like, there is nobody they could trade Paul George for that makes them better, even moves them laterally. Every move would make them worse. Are they going to trade Paul George for an overpaid role player and two other guys and pretend like that's going to make them a better basketball team? No. So I don't know if they trade Paul George. Maybe they do, though, because I think Kawhi Leonard's going to look at this like, hey, we have no money. Hey, two years, we've won one playoff series. What are we doing here? Now, if Kawhi cares about winning, he maybe leaves. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he's content being close to home and he stays on the Clippers and he wants to make it work. The problem is if it hasn't worked yet with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, why is it going to work next year? What's going to be different next year? Everyone talked about Ty Lue. Ty Lue's replacing Doc Rivers. Ty Lue this, Ty Lue that. And I remember getting in debates with Clipper fans. And one guy called me something I'm not going to repeat on this podcast because it was just insensitive and rude. And, you know, it's trolls. Trolls are trolls. But, well, I didn't think he was a troll. I thought we were actually having a nice discussion about Ty Lue. And I, you know, and it's like now I see his Twitter and he's, you know, crapping on Ty Lue. He hates Ty Lue. And it's like, why did everyone think that going from Doc Rivers to Ty Lue would solve all these problems? Like Ty Lue was sitting next to, like Doc Rivers said, Ty Lue was sitting next to him the whole time. And now they're complaining, and, you know, yeah, I'm on the right side of history about that. I'm going to talk about it. Um, What's going to change? There's no route for them to change. You know, and if the Lakers, at least the Lakers, they've given themselves the flexibility of having that kind of transition in the offseason. We saw it last offseason. This team is much different than last year's team. And if the Lakers don't win it this year, LeBron's getting older, and that is a concern. But they have cap space opening up. You know, Dennis Schroeder's contracts will be off the books. Montrez Harrell's contracts will be off the books. They do have issues with having to re-sign Caruso and THT and potentially Wes Matthews, if not a wing to replace him, and you know getting a center to replace Drummond. They have a lot of work to do, but that's almost a good thing in the NBA because never we don't see these teams run it back and run it back and run it back and run it back. And those teams, unless you're the Golden State Warriors and you have Kevin Durant and Stephen Curry, it just doesn't work. So getting new guys in and you know and flipping the page and you know transitioning when you have to transition you know going this way and pivoting and everything that's good what the clippers have i don't think it's it, it's long-term built for success um they again no picks to trade they have no assets you know i compare it to the milwaukee bucks the milwaukee bucks had one more move to make after last year they had an eric bledsoe contract they could trade and they had draft picks now it's drew holiday there's nothing else they can do um could they bring in you know, vets just like the Clippers could. Could they bring in minimum vets? Sure. Is that going to push them over the edge? I, I don't know unless they just get an exceptional deal on a vet. But it's almost like the Bucks. It's like if the Bucks don't win it this year, like wh- what is – now the Bucks, I'd even give a, a bigger benefit of the doubt because if the Bucks make it to the Eastern Conference Finals and lose in seven games to the Nets, you can talk yourself into it as a Bucks fans. like, hey, you know, we're right there. Run it back with this core. You know, the Nets, they get hurt, whatever. We could win it. The Clippers, they've only won one playoff series. So if you've only made it to the second round and then lost the first round, how are you going to convince yourself that this same core is suddenly going to be able to win four more playoff series? I don't know. This isn't a Clippers podcast. I don't know why I'm even going on this far. I just think the Clippers are going back to mediocrity. I think Kawhi Leonard leaves. Hey, maybe he joins the Lakers. He's not going to join the Lakers. Unless if he does, everyone come back to this call me an idiot. I'll gracefully accept it. Um, I think he's gone. And then we we might have a Paul George-led Clippers team for a year. And he'll be disgruntled and he'll get traded. 
for some picks in return, but they won't be as quality of a picks. And the Clippers will be a lottery team, but they don't have their picks because they traded them all to the Oklahoma City Thunder. And they're <laughs> they're in trouble, man. They're in trouble. And look, I love to see it. I really do. I'm not going to pretend like I hate to see it. I love to see it. Um, Lakers in five against the Suns. Um, I'll come at you guys either after game four or game five. We'll see how, how the games shape up. Um, if it's another game like this, I mean, I'm just going to be repeating myself. Um, and then on to the next. I, I really think this series is over. Um, pay attention to the Clippers series. That way we control. And um, pay attention to the Denver-Portland series because that's who the Lakers are going to play next round. And um, just kind of get a feel for it because I, I don't think it's going to be Portland. Their defense is atrocious. Get a feel for Denver. I think we're going to run it back with them. And I think the result's going to be pretty much the same. Um, you know, until next time, you guys have a great weekend. Have a great Memorial Memorial Day uh, this Monday. I know I will probably do nothing. Maybe a little golf. We'll see. Um, keep watching the Lakers. Keep rooting for them. In the meantime, everyone, go Lakers.